4: old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars
3: and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast
4: listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts
5: nfl total access the podcast is getting you ready for the 2024 nfl draft
6: It's Jenkins and Jones, presented by FanDuel. Football season is here, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. The app is safe, secure, and easy to use, and FanDuel always has exclusive offers. When you win, you'll get paid fast, and FanDuel has lots of ways to play the spread, like play the spread, money line, over-unders, team totals, player props, and so much more. Jump into the action at any time during the game with live betting. Combine multiple bets from the same game in a same-game parlay and try out same-game parlay plus. Use promo code JANDJ, that's J-A-N-D-J, and download the FanDuel app today to make every moment more this football season. Disclaimer must be 21 and over in select states. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash R-G. Welcome to Jenkins and Jones on the Volume Podcast Network. It is Thursday, September 15th, and we got a bunch of stuff to talk about today. We're talking about Robert Sarver. We're talking about old raggedy-ass Plymouth Rock. And we'll be talking (laughs) to Matt Sullivan. (laughs) One of our favorite guests is always Matt, a writer. He's got a new uh, profile up on Steph Curry uh, at Rolling Stone. Really great story. We always love talking to Matt. As always, Jenkins and Jones, hosted by my good friends in real life and on the internet, Legethro Jenkins, a.k.a. John. What's up, Bubbas? Dragonfly Jones, a.k.a. Tyler.
1: Hey, everybody. I it well, we going?
6: And I'm Gardy B, a.k.a. Mike. And <laughs> Motherfucking as you Mike. gear up Motherfucking for fall, Mike. <laughs> as you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free.
7: Yes, as someone who works in talent acquisition, I can tell you firsthand it's what I lean on to do a lot of my networking, a lot of my reaching out. So nothing but the highest praises for LinkedIn jobs. It's what I lean on heavily as a recruiter.
8: And I have a lot of friends who have found it to be very useful in their career, too. So
6: create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over eight hundred and ten million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidate you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J and J. That's linkedin.com slash J A N D J to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. Let's talk about uh, the news of the week. The National Basketball Association, which is dedicated to stamping out racism in all of its forms, has released a report that tells us two things. One of the owners of an NBA franchise, Robert Sarver, the owner of the Suns, confirmed to have used the N-word several times while at work owning an NBA team, Uh, also confirmed sexist comments to a pregnant female employee. And the second thing we learned is that the NBA, which is dedicated to stamping out racism in all of its forms, is... Suspending this man for a year and finding him point 0.1% of his personal net worth. Uh, I thought uh, I thought we were kicking. I thought we were kicking these billionaires out of the league for
7: running around saying the N word. What the fuck? Get your shit and get out. But um, my biggest takeaway from this is that it feels like the owners are adjusting. It feels like there was a lesson learned from Donald Sterling because, like. If if they were to to strip um, Sarva of his team, you know this shit would not hold up in court. You know what I'm saying? Because for one, if f- it's it's like Sarva got like all the fucking workarounds where where you can't prove that he willfully and intentionally created a hostile work environment, right? Like the times he said the n word, he was repeating when black people said it. Right? The, um, the, the, the misogynistic jokes. They're uh, just he, lyrics,
6: he, he, the Robert Yeah, Right,
7: <laughs> exactly. The, the, the misogynistic shit he was saying, he, he claimed he was joking. So it's like, and, and, and then he leaned back on the whole, you know, my workforce is 55% black. And he pointed to all his social justice initiatives. Like I said, it feels like the owners are kind of uh, adjusting and adapting to still being racist shitheads, but now they've got the workarounds here. Like that's what I took from it.
8: I will say this. If you say the N word around me, I will still punch you in your shit. Either you're gonna have to whoop my ass, or I'm gonna have to whoop your ass. You feel what I'm saying? But the misogyny to me was the worst part. I'm sorry that quote he gave us, it felt like it came from a place. Of understanding. Yes, he said Not the misogynistic Not the misogynistic <laughs> not, quote. The not the misogyny. <laughs> when he said these niggas need niggas, he said it and it was necessary to be said. A nigga should have said it, but he did it. A nigga <laughs> did say it, so he said it. Okay? It came from a place of understanding, dog. We can't <laughs> deny it. The ancestors gave him the what? But they also was like, he right. You feel me? <laughs> so I'm not as mad at Donald, as at Robert Sarver. I as Tyler a, it, don't feel the same, it don't feel the same as as Sterling, you know what I mean? Sterling was being an asshole and evil, you know what I mean? And and, and I'm not giving mm-hmm. nobody no passes cuz that ain't that shit ain't sweet, you feel me? I'm a country nigga. We stand on that shit, but I'm yeah. telling I mean, you, my the, G. The, the shit he's saying to the to the pregnant
6: employee, the stuff he's saying and doing to women, I, the guy shouldn't a the thing. No, shouldn't. should not own the fucking fired. That is the shit. He shouldn't get him off my hair. He shouldn't. But, but, but you feel yeah, me? but yes. but but
7: it goes back. It goes back to what you said about Sterling. You could have easily proved malicious intent in court with with the shit that Sterling yes. did. Yes. You would be fighting an uphill battle with this with Sarver because, like I said, he was quoting black people. He said he was joking with the bullshit. He said it would be an uphill battle if they'd be fighting in court. I, th-
6: I think the I think the other aspect of that is the NBA owners all hated Donald Sterling, mm-hmm. right? I think they see more of themselves in Robert Sarver and so if oh did i ever say Whom's that word us around people? doesn't say
8: well, nigga <laughs> right no mean? but don't you think For i mean real, like right. oh like
6: oh I, maybe i have said some things in jest that i wouldn't want to deprive me of this billion dollar asset that i own you know what i mean right. so I, I yeah i think that's the other component of it too but i think tyler <laughs> to, to john's point about the uh <laughs> about the quote <laughs> I think Tyler retweeted someone who said, what's this I'm hearing about noted philosopher and sociologist Robert
8: Sutter? <laughs> bro, don't, my I I'm hate saying, that that quote came I'm,
7: from him, bro.
2: I,
8: I hate <laughs> so it, much. but it did come from him. So yes, <laughs> when it comes to the sexual harassment, shit, get him the fuck out of there off the strength of that. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to prove in court, like you're saying, Tyler. But get him out of there off the strength of that. You know what I mean? But like when it comes to, you know... <laughs> This ain't this ain't this ain't sterling, bro. It ain't the same situation to me. Um he now before he begins his one year suspension
6: has to help uh, select his replacement on the NBA Board of Governors for a year. John, do you have any advice? <laughs> He's probably gonna, gonna be a nigga
8: because he knows <laughs> what these niggas need. <laughs> I ain't gotta say it. Robert <laughs> I already knows, okay? <laughs> Bro, oh, I, like you man. said, it, Tyler, I hate it came from him. I
2: but it was hate a, it. That's a bar though. I right did, but
8: but bro, <laughs> it came from him. One
6: <laughs> of you said. One of you said when that story came out, it was the right message from the wrong messenger. Bro, <laughs> <laughs> I heard
8: it and yes. I was like, I, it it it, I, it gave me pause. I had to. You know? They I, I look okay. You got a point there. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> bro, oh
6: fuck. Bro. Um bro. shout out to the anti shout out to the anti Robert Sarver fucking Mike Tomlin for uh I I want a a <laughs> right. live cam on Mike Tomlin in the locker room, bro. <laughs>
8: just bro, just and like it was bank bankroll possible. too, which to me speaks to my country-ass spirit, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I loved Bankroll, you know what I mean? So the fact yeah. that he was, you know, he was dancing to that is like, and, and on top knew of- the w- that, Knew the words, too, knew the
7: words, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Bank- Walk in your trap and take over take your over trap. Your tra- that's a- bankroll, bankroll yeah, that, come on, yeah.
8: baby, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's what they need, you feel me? <laughs> Love to see it. All right, um, let's
6: talk about, <laughs> Let's talk a little history. Let's let's uh, let's let's set. Let's get, do Tyler's heart some good because I know he's always happy when we can get into history. And boy, do we got a doozy! I had always thought Plymouth Rock was metaphorical. It was yeah. a like Proverbial wherever they rock, landed. It was you know yeah. I mean? Like we caught. I thought I assumed it had some. The word Plymouth perhaps meant something religious. That because I didn't grow up in a religious household, I didn't know. You know. Come to find out, Plymouth Rock is a regular rock that is sitting in a mud pit somewhere on the East Coast. (laughs) We've all retweeted this picture, but this is the least remarkable rock in America. What the
7: fuck? That rock, (laughs) weak as fuck, bro. Uh, bro, I we can go to some open air malls out here, and I can show you thirty more impressive rocks by some fountains and shit <laughs> than that little weak ass rock. That motherfucker is in a goddamn enclave with sixteen twenty carved on it, looking regular as fuck. <laughs> fuck that damn it's rock, that Of rocks, okay. Yeah,
8: the, <laughs> I've seen that motherfucker seventeen thousand three hundred and thirty two times, dog. I'm like, what, bro? Is, it's, uh, it's 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 Wow, bro so unremarkable people are traveling spending money to see that I would be fucking pissed nigga you feel me (laughs) Plymouth Rock oh it's a real rock let me go peep look and see that fucking mud pit (laughs) bro are you kidding me it's the worst shit I've literal literally the worst shit I've ever seen I have never seen anything that is supposed to be special that is worse than that. It's horrible. It's an abysmal attraction in air quotes. Get the fuck out of here. Fuck Plymouth Rock for multiple Tyler, reasons. What'd you, Tyler, what'd you say you were gonna? what you say you're gonna throw on?
7: Oh, uh, I would. Hey, I was. I was asking. I was asking people on Twitter who dared me to throw a bowl of Wendy's chili on that motherfucker because I'll do it. Y'all fund my trip. Fund my trip to Plymouth, and I will throw a bowl of day-old Wendy's chili on that motherfucker. No to that bitch ass rock. <laughs> oh man, hell no. it's, it's, a, it's a lot of underwhelming ass like American monuments. Like like we talk about oh, how Rushmore, trash right? Mount Rushmore, yeah. right? Like bro, it's still rubble under that motherfucker, And that bitch been up for like a hundred years. Like go clean that bullshit up, dog. Right. But bro, fuck but this Mount Rushmore, rock, fuck Plymouth Rock. This rock that they have carved out
8: space to make sure that you know what I'm saying to protect, bro. It's There's nothing remarkable about it. Absolutely zero. It's horrible.
6: I need like National Treasure 17 to be them stealing the Plymouth Rock and just replacing it with literally any (laughs) other rock and nobody (laughs) cares. Nobody cares. I legit.
7: I legit googled if we could steal that motherfucker. They said that shit weighs 20 tons. Like goddamn, 20 tons. Like how? That's what it said. Four thousand pounds. Yeah.
6: So that's like 20
8: tons. 20 times two. A ton is two thousand pounds, isn't it?
7: Yeah, 40,000 pounds. 40, 000, that's 000, how much said that yeah, motherfucker was? That's
8: crazy. I think it was 40,000. How is that That rock didn't look to be 40,000 pounds. Is it like the it looked it looked like fucking like like iceberg that took down the looked Titanic? It looks like a two-man job. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, a job. like it's like most of it is under the mud pit. You don't see the That's why it's as not as <laughs> remarkable as we think because
7: most it of it's covered. Be. You know what I mean? It must be a very a very dense rock. They packed a lot of bullshit in that motherfucker.
8: (laughs) Maybe the imagery. Is it on Getty Images? Maybe we can see a more, you know. I'm looking up. I'm looking up. Maybe there's a different. I mean, it just looks like. There has to be. It just looks like
6: such a regular fucking rock. And they like moved it from the beach to that mud pit or something. Oh, in they 1774, been... the rock broke in half during an attempt to haul it to Town Square.
8: <laughs> Jesus Christ.
7: <laughs> Two years
6: fuck? before the Declaration of Independence, they accidentally broke oh. Plymouth Rock in half trying to
7: drag it to the fucking Town Square. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> what a musty ass country, dog. <laughs> America ain't shit, man. <laughs> the more you learn about this motherfucker, the least impressive it is, bro. God damn. It's even In unimpressive. In 1834 on Getty.
6: it was rejoined with the other portion of the rock.
7: <laughs> they melded the motherfuckers together or something. These motherfuckers broke out the goddamn the, 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 the heat torches and shit. Oh, man. That's Fuck that really rock, man. Fucking funny.
8: And if All you right, want to buy um, a print of it, they're selling it on Getty for $500. Bitch, hey, hey, we gotta got follow, we gotta follow, we gotta see who's fucking buying Plymouth Rock Prince. So that is, yeah, Sydney. they need to go on a list, they right? The fact a, that that's even for sale is odd, you know what I mean? Yeah,
6: um, speaking of uh, raggedy old, shit, uh, Tom Brady, uh, a moment that all, <laughs> of, us husbands, <laughs> <laughs> all of us as husbands would fear. Uh, cover story in Elle magazine uh, on his wife Giselle Bunchin. and like I know that this is actually just a profile about her that w- the interviews were done for months ago but it, what it feels like is that she called a press release to say quote I would like him to be more present I have definitely had those conversations with him over and over again
8: <laughs> oh. In bro, the marriage? Like, or is he talking about the kids? What was the... Th- did the they specify? Specifically. And oh. she's saying,
6: like, she because she has a bigger career than him. Oh. You know what I mean? She has a more profitable career. Her net worth is higher than his. Like, she's one of the <laughs> top models ever. She's from Brazil, bro. So net worth is higher than his? Yeah. And she so they were like uh you know, she put all that aside in order basically to just move to, and she said, she said, I've done my part, which is to be there for him. I moved to Boston and I which you know, you could just feel from a Brazilian oh, model Stain. <laughs> oh, I moved yes. to Boston and I focused on creating she a probably paused and a said I moved to Boston for my children to grow up in and be there supporting him and his dreams. You know, blah, 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 blah. At this point, I feel like I've done a good job at that. I have a huge list of things that I have to do that I want to do. Oh,
8: she tired, nigga. Oh, she tired.
7: Listen, bro. Tired. Bro, bro. It, it, it goes all the way back to my theory that this motherfucker unretired out of spite because Schefter broke the news before him. I, this shit checks out if you ask me I, because I feels like Giselle is, is pushing back on, bro, you were supposed to have been retired. You now you're agreement. unretiring. You I can't do agreement. this shit no more. You know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. Right, right,
8: right,
7: right. That man unretired out of spite, bro. I'm telling you she could have
8: stopped at Boston and I would have understood all of it you know what I mean like that itself like being from Brazil like that's crazy you're the net worth she has (laughs) and she's living in fucking Boston she should never see a fucking snowflake with all that fucking money you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I mean? Literally changing the weather on some Jay Z shit. You feel me? And she's doing that. And yeah, that's that's wild. But yeah, that would her that net would, worth I, apart from him is four hundred million dollars. What's wild? She's the most
6: successful model in
8: Brazil history. What Tyler she's been said? Working professionally since she was thirteen. What Tyler said in the group chat talking about like this is the quote. This is her talking publicly. So this is probably a fourth maybe even a tenth of the of the vitriol that that, that good old tom yeah. is dealing with at the at the crib you feel me i get like he might have shook, though. She probably on that man's head. She wants to get back. You feel me? She like, dog, you know what I'm saying? You making up for these years. He's like, fuck it. I'm going back to play football. We're going to figure this out later. <laughs> <laughs> all
6: right. Stick around for our interview with Matt Sullivan. We'll be back uh, right after that uh, for our House of Dragons recap. Uh, stick around.
0: Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season.
10: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: Start the NFL week off right with a no-sweat same-game parlay every Thursday from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or already have an account. Every Thursday night, you'll get free bets back if your NFL same-game parlay doesn't hit. Same game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. Uh, Tonight's game, Chiefs, Chargers, uh, a lot of uh, fake Charger fans in Southern California. Uh, I still think, you know, that's the San Diego franchise to me, but I am a bandwagon Chiefs fan for the year because Juju Smith-Schuster from Long Beach, California is on the Chiefs. So I'm going to take the Chiefs and I'm going to build that same game parlay out by taking Juju's over on yardage and all of the overs on the player props for Pat Mahomes for sure. You can build or your own or choose from one of the popular same-game parlays pre-built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. However, you want to play, you can bet the NFL every Thursday night with a no-sweat same-game parlay. Just sign up with promo code j if you don't already have an account. That's promo code j that's J-A-N-D-J, to get free bets back if your SGP doesn't hit. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Disclaimer: Must be 21 and over in select states. Three plus legs. Minimum one dollar bet required. Refund issued as is non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max free bet five dollars. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com/rg. All right, we're excited to welcome on uh, recurring Jenkins – you might be the, the most recurring Jenkins and Joan yeah. guest uh, – Matt Sullivan, uh, writer at Rolling Stone. Uh, you can find him at at SoulDuggery on Twitter. Um, Matt, just dropped – first of all, Matt, thanks for hopping on the show with us. Appreciate it. Of course, of
11: course. Always.
6: Uh, Matt just dropped a huge uh, uh, Steph Curry profile for Rolling Stone uh, that that was very, very interesting, Matt. And we always love talking about when you have these big juicy stories, we always love talking about them with you. So first of all... um, (laughs) How much of a pain in the ass is it to to birth one of those stories, you know, for, especially for like a legacy publication? You're like, it's Steph Curry. I'm sure you interviewed him 10 times <laughs> for the story. I'm sure there was like 17 drafts. How much of a relief is it when you actually get to like push it out in the world and just kind of set it free?
11: Well, it was weird because it, it was slow and then it was fast. Like we reached out to Steph's people I think literally the day after the Dubs won the finals. And they were pretty quick with the response that he was in, that he would, you know, have some real talk, but that his schedule was like down to the minute, right? He's like private jetting, but to a new state every day, new country every day. Um, so so we made this kind of deal where I would talk to everyone in his orbit, right? His mom, dad, sister, brother. Um, and, and actually, I got this nugget from Seth Curry very early on in my reporting that they'd talked about this potential KD reunion with the Warriors trade. And he was like, yeah, the fact that, that Steph is even entertaining this idea says a lot about him, right, in terms of his competitive spirit and willingness to, you know, blow it up just to, to run it back for real. And I was kind of sitting on this, I'm like, all right, great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask Steph about this when the moment's right. I had to wait like a month before we first hung out, kind of warming him up first two or three interviews and then we're finally sitting down for like this big real talk interview and the publicist is like over my shoulder like gotta wrap it up he's got to go to the next thing and so i like weighed off the publicist and i just like hit him with the kd question and he just gives me this like amazing news that i knew would go you know set nba twitter on fire and drive Stephen A. Smith up a wall. But (laughs) I had to sit on that for like another month because my my later encounters with him, like I went to the photo shoot and then we had another kind of hangout period, which was real, real, real tight up against our deadline to ship this thing to the printer. So it was like slow and then fast and then like cramming the story and, you know, got to get all the edits you know, while I'm on vacation before Labor Day, and then like we finished it last week and it just we put it online right away because I guess, uh, you know, Rolling Stone kind of gets the balance between dead tree print and uh, giving the people what they want. <laughs> Good for them. Good for them. I mean, there's yeah. a
6: lot of legacy publications who do not understand that uh, <clears throat> cut to uh, L magazine dropping their Giselle Bunchen interview from June today. say <laughs> <Sheesh. laughs> so, hey, there's been some breaking developments in the Giselle Bunchin story over the last 3 months, guys.
7: <laughs> right. So um uh, Matt, you know, going back to when you asked Steph that question, you know, you mentioned you were in uh Long Beach, um and and Steph was at the Boys Club with Snoop and and you dropped in and you know him and Snoop had a conversation about it. So Inquiring minds want to know, uh, did you hit the blunt with Snoop or not? You don't have to incriminate Steph here. <laughs> but did you partake in the I, sticky yicky? I, I think I got in a little trouble
11: for sharing a little too much from my Nets book reporting about um, <laughs> KD and uh, the sticky icky around his crib. Uh, I don't I, let's just say uh, that. Snoop did not smell of anything. It was quite early in the morning, and we were at the uh, Boys and Girls Clubs of America, and it may have been appropriate for any of us to be uh, too far blazed. I did ask Steph, I don't think this made it into the story, if he um, smoked, and he was like, I think he said something like, I have, but not frequently which is a classic kind of stuff, <laughs> right.
7: like
8: political answer. depends you're what your president. meeting of is. is, <laughs> is right. I've, I have a question. If, snoop offered it to you would you have at the boys and 100%. girls club in the morning okay 100%. smoke,
7: smoke, 100%. smoke snoop is bucket list
11: shit for like for damn
7: near everybody
11: i was ready for it i'd flown in the night before and didn't have time to stop at the uh the local cannabis shop to uh be ready to, to provide which is a, a, a apparently tried and true magazine writer trick is to just have it ready for you in case your subject is really whether ready to let loose a little
6: I believe yeah. at Rolling Stone in particular that has been a useful uh, tr- a tip as well. Yes. and and
11: harder <laughs> things than that for sure.
7: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but um, but on a serious note, an interesting angle to to this article was how. I think it posed the question of, you know, can you be an activist without necessarily being a revolutionary? Right. Um, Mm -hmm. It it seems that that's something that that Steph is kind of trying to figure out because, you know, Steph has said in a roundabout way, I'm no revolutionary. I'm trying to figure out how to use my platform to his best ability. I'm not trying to get in the way of of co-opting movements, but I want my my platform and my voice to matter. There was a part where, um, you know, he mentioned that he wished they did more during that clipper series with 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 the donald Sterling fiasco like he mentions he wished that they really boycotted that playoff game so you know i'm I'm just curious you know from the conversations that you've had with steph like like what way do you see him leaning you know in in regards to moving forward with his activism
11: he definitely leans in the middle on everything he's like a classic Mm -hmm. centrist politician you know i I think we first met up like a week after bill russell died and as kind of my entree to him, I, I gave him my copy of, of Bill Russell's memoir, which is uh, amazing if if you haven't read it, it's out of print. But, um, and I handed him like this little newspaper clipping, I think it was from 64. He, Russell had, had after um, the murder of, of Medgar Evers, the civil rights activist, had helped to open like the first integrated basketball camp in Jackson, Mississippi. And when he got back to Boston, a reporter asked Bill Russell, in the way that Steph is often asked, political questions and kind of caught on his heels uh, and, and the guy had asked if, if the reporter had asked Bill Russell if he'd feared for his life upon his return and Russell said uh, I'm a man if I have to be a boy to be popular then I don't want it if popularity depends on a thing like this then I don't give a damn and I asked Steph you know it, do you care about not being as popular if it means you you have to be not as safe and he he claims you know I don't care about being popular it's not about that And that was at first but but you know he remains immensely popular and as we spent the next kind of three weeks together kind of confronting his past like the sterling stuff um like this bathroom bill stuff like the kaepernick stuff it became pretty clear to me that he at once kind of you know cared deeply and meticulously about maintaining that popularity but that he's starting to you know will himself to stretch himself at, at least in conversations with me um, and perhaps in real life, with with these kind of activists and community organizers, um, he's come to know. So we'll see. He 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 can be wishy-washy. Admit, admittedly, um, he he tries mm-hmm. to protect protect himself to appeal to all people, and then do the work uh, behind the scenes.
6: Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. Uh, first of all, uh, Tyler, that was also the first thing I had down to ask about as well. Was I I thought it was an interesting thing to key on, and then obviously, especially with the Robert Sarver stuff, that it was like. That the Donald (laughs) Sterling moment that was a moment of enough clarity that that was the thing that he seizes on that he's like, no one could say, I mean, because I'm sort of thinking of his brain processing that popularity side of that equation in that answer, right? No one retrospectively could be angry at us boycotting Donald Sterling, right? He's not in the club anymore. Uh, You know, he's he's sort of universally reviled or whatever. But I also thought it was interesting, and I'm sure this was an intentional choice on your part, um, that he's sort of so linked with Barack Obama, right? Because I think that's like politically, you sort of feel the same thing about Obama and and kind of maybe understandably from Steph's perspective that for Obama – you know, he wrote in in his memoir, which I greatly enjoyed the first half of that's been published, like, <laughs> everyone wants him to do this, everyone wants him to do so many things, and he's like, I'm the only person in the world who understands what it's like to wear the burden that I'm wearing. <laughs> so people mm-hmm. can want whatever they want from me, but they have no idea, you know, what the expectations, etc., cetera, are like, and it sort of feels like... Maybe there's a, a a linkage there with Steph that it's just and, and that a lot of these athletes have. It's like, dude, this is not Bill Russell. This is not the 1960s. If you are a Steph Curry or a LeBron James, you're a Fortune 500 CEO. But um, I
11: think it's different for LeBron and Steph, and and we got into this a little. He really does doesn't like the comparisons on the court between himself and LeBron, but. I you know, it was interesting at that boys and girls club. There's a gigantic. I don't gigantic think anyone si- would
6: like that comparison. <laughs> 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 there, there was this,
11: gi- there was this gigantic sign on on at the boys and girls club. Big sign that said LeBron James Family Foundation. I was like, okay, LeBron's already been here. He's already helped to rebuild this Correct. entire joint. It, it was kind of a, a microcosm to me. You know, the LeBron James Family Foundation is very kind of press releasey. Does a lot. Tries yeah. to do everything. Uh, Steps. Family Foundation was actually registered for like 501c3 tax purposes as the Stefan and Aisha Curry Family Foundation. And Aisha was like, no, 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 no. Uh, And I don't know if this was because it sounded too much like LeBron's, but, but it was um, very inward focused and they wanted to change it to eat, learn, play, to be outward focused. And, and Mm -hmm. Steph said, you know, he admires again, I don't think any of this made it into the story, but he admires, what lebron has done in doing it his own way he said it's not for everybody um and and i think steph realizes that he is more palatable uh than anyone in in sports really and Mm -hmm. and he needs to protect that and lebron has poked the bear has gotten his back against trump and he's the one calling him Mm -hmm. you bum even though you know trump is kind of treating steph as a weapon of mass distraction and i think he realizes he needs to study the course in order to keep that clout. And then eventually, however, he chooses and will choose uh, to weaponize that himself.
7: I thought it was interesting that Steph loved that Braun put him in front of those Donald Trump bullets with, with that tweet, because cause I always thought it was hilarious. I thought it might have been a kind of passive aggressive on Braun's part to break some heat on Steph. But Steph loving it like like that was a, a big reveal for me there.
11: Yeah, he was cracking up about it. And we got pretty deep into this kind of episode that I've always been fascinated by, where in the wake of that, you know, the whole NFL was like kneeling. Jerry Jones was kneeling. and All of Kaepernick's protests had lost its uh, clout, even though on the same weekend that Trump went after the the Warriors, he went after Kaepernick said, get that son of a bitch off the field. And I always thought that the Warriors, you know, they had like the first preseason game that year um, would take a knee and bring it back and talk about it and be this kind of team of our time. And then I was like, did they chicken out? And, and I've always tried to, for my book and for this story, try to get inside that room. And it just seems like these guys, Iggy told me in, in a quote that wasn't in, in the story. He was like, I think I have here, um, you know, we were part of a reality show. We just became a part of the shit show. And I think you have to be wary of that. And I think that's when sometimes you say, all right, let's not waste our bullets on a shit show. You just make you're just making yourself more of the circus and we're trying not to do that. So I I think the intentionality of these decisions of these guys to not necessarily be obvious activists, but to be celebrity activists where, you know, Kim Kardashian can get to the White House and fight her good fight. Um, Trump does it for the photo, but she's still—I
6: don't know—give her a little credit. And that is different. That that is different, right? I mean, I I I always I I sort of feel for the guys when you have the Bill Russell comparison because no one's ever going to compare to Bill Russell. But also to the 2020s and your position as an athlete in America is so different than it was for a black basketball player in the early 1960s as it was for Bill Russell, right? And and like you said, like wielding that PR is not necessarily wishy-washy to Tyler's point about can you make progress and be an activist without being a revolutionary? Like, the bigger the audience you command, to some extent, the more you can do now, right? Um, But he is persistently wishy-washy throughout your story (laughs) you know exactly press for some specifics on things (laughs) i I will say i did press
11: uh on the hypothetical uh curry kerr ticket for the white house that i know uh, nba twitter uh, frequently (laughs) nominates them or pop um and and steve told me um that steph would be president i'd be vice that's how that ticket would would look his his name would be on the top um i did ask steve you know if he'd ever been formally approached about running for office and he, and he said no and he doesn't plan to and neither does steph you know steph said it's not on my radar right now after saying like <laughs> ne- you know like i asked him once he's, he's like negative no i'm no herschel walker out here and then the next time i just follow up and tell him what steve said he's like it's not on my radar r- right now but with the level of influence i know i have i feel like i'm just getting started um he, he, you know, popped, the t-
6: he popped the top I, you asked him about it again he was like let me pop the top on this and <laughs> exactly
7: um going back to to you know the, the relationship that that steph and obama have um i thought it was hilarious that um you know um y'all discuss how how when steph said what they gonna say now after he got ring number four obama hit him up and said bro curse when you talk your shit. Say what the fuck are they gonna say now, right? <laughs> like, I thought that really was hilarious. I had to peel that out of him. I
11: really yeah. had, to, <laughs> had to get that out of step. You know, he was being the, like, nice uh, Christian mama's boy. Didn't want uh-huh. bre- break out, to break out that F-bomb. And I was supposed to, t- or I was trying to talk to Obama for the story and talk to, like, the people he's influenced and influenced back. And I almost had to, like, fact check that with Obama. But I just thought it's like this. Of all the questions asked, Barack Obama, like, did you say fuck, is not really appropriate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Steph eventually, when I pressed enough, I think I asked him like three separate on three separate occasions whether Obama said fuck, and and I think what we printed is is uh, the the furthest he was willing to go. Um, mm. But yeah, that that was a cool detail. But I also love this kind of mentor-mentee relationship. Like they almost did this like corny uh ad for for obama's my brother's keeper initiative but then when steph said uh on a podcast a couple years back that the moon landing might be Mm -hmm. fake um i love that he got this scolding email that night from obama being like do better you know do something about this which um is kind of a dope relationship up in that kind of stratosphere but also again you know instructive about steph's religious stuff right he said that that was in some senior year in high school at his christian high school's um you know uh, apologetics class where he was shown a conspiracy theory video and told to be able to argue the <laughs> other side just for the hell of it or the heaven of it and that was surprising <laughs> yeah. that he was that honest about that cuz I, I thought I was maybe walking into another Kyrie moment there, but this man, as I well know, is not Kyrie. <laughs> right.
7: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel like that was a recurring thing with Steph is that he mentioned that a lot of his beliefs are rooted in his faith, which is, you know, run of the mill for everyone, but for, you know, um, it seems like, I don't want to say he used that as a scapegoat, but like, you know, you press them on some hard issues, like in regards to pro is he pro choice, pro life? And he just kind of, you know, you know, kind of dancing around in a bit saying, you know, I'm a man of faith, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Dance he didn't a really a flat out answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
11: Yes. I mean, I, I re- I really pressed him on the bathroom bill from, uh, North Carolina when the NBA basically boycotted the all-star game in, in Steph's hometown. And he's like, well, I was surprised to hear it, uh, and to be asked about public policy at, at practice. And I was like, okay, well, I followed up again later. Like, Do you feel like you're letting down your lgbt fans community liberals um and you know he said basically no because he knows that everybody gives these including lebron we kind of made eye contact about like the i'm not educated enough excuse that lebron pulls out a lot and he's like i'm not saying that but at the moment i was legitimately like unaware of what the policy was and then i'm pushing him on like well what do you say to people who says the the pastor at your Pentecostal church, you know, is anti-gay and like, you know, is, is up in a, a abortion uh, issues. And he's like, well, I'm a man of faith. And if that doesn't work for everybody, I'm OK with that. Um, and I like that, that he's not totally pandering to liberals, but he also clearly doesn't want to alienate, um, you know, the base of religious people who buy his sneakers.
6: Yeah, I think it's sort of an interesting thing. And we've talked about this on the show about um, Michael Jordan, I think, when The Last Dance was coming out, that it's like, in some way, the, the way that these athletes are being so cautious about the different, like you said, like, they're sort of different demos, right? The people who buy the sneakers, it sort of does turn them into a national level politician, whether that's what they're trying to be or not. You said it's like, how do I appeal to my LGBTQ base while not alienating my religious followers? It's like, well, that's exactly the problem that only presidents mm-hmm. or large corporations are supposed but, but to it, do, But right? But it's,
11: it's, it's working, right? Like, we actually... I, I had this uh, research for a Morning Consult conduct, like, a legit poll, um, and it turns out Americans like Steph more than both Trump and Biden. They love him as much as LeBron, and the remaining 8% who either like or dislike or, or hate him um, are basically old white dudes who like football and Trump. And, you know, so he's alienated like a little corner of the yeah. far right. But, but he's got the the big portion of the pie that he doesn't want to offend. And I think that's good hearted. Like he wants to do right um, with, with the extreme clout he has.
6: Yeah. And I'm definitely not trying to cast aspersions. I think like your story did a great job of grappling with genuinely what it is like to be, the singular person that he is in the singular position that he is in 2022. Like it's, you know, and his answers about his, his church, I thought spoke to that. Like, no, like honestly who I am is conflicted and ambivalent about a lot of this stuff. You know, like I did not, but I was giving him
11: this platform to like go there. Right. And instead he wanted to talk about what it means to go there. Right. Like he would not say the word Trump back at me. And I told him, I'm not trying to bait you into a quote here. Right. But like, what do you think about him? And, and I think uh, there's another interview that, that was cut for space it was with um, Jordan Spieth, the superstar golfer. Um, I know we have some, some golfers hosting this podcast um, uh, who, you <laughs> John's know. John's about
6: to knock us off the Zoom right now. <laughs> <laughs>
11: um, and, and, and Spieth was, was saying, um, you're seeing that athletes as they get in the last decade of their career, you start to see them wanting to continue to push. I think he, speaking of Steph, I think he doesn't give a fuck. It's just that him not giving a fuck isn't the same as Trump not giving a fuck. Right. It's going to come out differently. He understands, appreciates, and embraces the idea of influence. Um, You know, you can have socially without it being what's sexy, which is brash headlines. Steph knows that every word he's going to say is a headline, but is he willing to actually not give a fuck rather Mm -hmm. than just say he doesn't anymore? So I I think that remains to be seen. There's definitely um, sequels to this story to be had.
6: Well and and th- th- I and I think that's what's like fascinating to me again about this modern moment and and there really are only a handful of people that inhabit the level of in- of influence is a good word for it that you're you're talking about but if you look at that conversation between Obama and Steph when Steph made the crack about the moon landing it shows you like again there's only you know a couple dozen people who have this many people listening to them but on the one side, you have this guy who said, no, 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 there's an inherent responsibility that comes with this influence to not say mm-hmm. vaccines are fake or the earth is flat or whatever. And then you have, you know, on the other side, athletes who are sort of not taking that responsibility. But you also have politicians, right? Like Obama and Trump are sort of diametrically opposed as well. And Trump similarly has this outsized influence, and obviously takes the exact opposite approach <laughs> to Obama of like whatever I say, I'll just say you yeah, know, whatever. I, you know,
11: not to flex too hard, but I talked to Fauci about this very thing, um, which is cool. <laughs> I tried to talk to him about um, a lot of vaccine reporting I did um, for Rolling Stone, and he's the biggest step ever, right? Like they um, they did some kind of, you know, believe COVID is real, IG lives, back when yeah. the celebrities were doing that, we were all cooped up at home. Yeah. And and Fauci was very much like, you know, um, it's good that he has this special effect of his magic on the court and his, um, you know, his likability off the court, because people, you know, don't like Fauci. And, and, and he was like, are there some people who trust Steph more than me? You know, thank goodness. But he also, you know, we got to talking a bit of, well, let's just say I brought up Andrew Wiggins and Kyrie and without, mentioning them specifically he said you know you always got to be careful that you don't inappropriately (laughs) inappropriately use influence so so i think you're right on there i did for the record ask fauci if he would vote for a hypothetical ticket of kerr and curry over kyrie and joe (laughs) side what was the answer there yeah (laughs) dr fauci said to that matchup I have to admit, I am a really strong fan of Steph Curry. He's sort of like an amazing guy. He's just a good human being, really fine man. I'd have to go with Steph on any ticket, um, <laughs> and 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 he acknowledged that that was despite his his bias as a as a Brooklyn native. <laughs>
6: <laughs> that's that's great. Uh, do, do you? Uh, I know John wants to hear more about the the golf component of the story, which I thought was uh, which I thought was interesting. That you know that seems to be. And I think this also is very much what you hear from Barack Obama. He's not trying to come out and make a statement that golf needs more black people and minority. Like he's not trying to be the the face of a message. What he's trying to do is start something with the academy and with the team that he's got, right. That will actually give people more opportunities. And I I thought that was an interesting representation of kind of that like larger philosophical approach.
11: Yeah, I think it's a, Dope flex that he is going into a completely other sport where he knows that there's a gazillion hoopers before and after him who are trying to help the next generation of hoopers, right? And I, I was talking to this kid. This isn't a story. A, it was a junior at, at Howard named Ot- Otis Ferguson, and he had gone up to Steph after a screening of of this movie that Steph uh, produced about the Charleston church shooting, and he was like, "Hey, Steph, let's get around the golf before you leave." And he told how he'd given up a scholarship to play golf elsewhere, to go to Howard. He tried to start a club team that couldn't afford a, a D1 squad. And Steph was like, great. Here's my email. This is cool. They emailed a bit. Then Steph ghosts him for like the summer. And then this kid gets a DM from some guy on Steph's team one day saying like, dude, Steph, sorry for ghosting you. Steph is now funding the entire Howard golf team for like a million dollars which is just dope. And, and, and the coach at Howard was telling me, you know, that that impact is greater than Tiger Woods impact on the minority golf community over all these years. And so this, this tour he's doing the underrated golf tour is legitimately like a big feeder program into, into big college programs. So it's not like it's just some PR stunt it's these are legit golfers. And and I think he's really making a difference in it, which is cool because he is not a golfer, although he's pretty
6: good all right well matt thank you so much for hopping on with us man everyone go check the story out uh at rolling stone you can find it uh obviously at matt's twitter at soul duggery uh, always love having you on always love uh getting some gossip in along with the news oh yeah so spilling the hopping tea on with us, bro. <laughs> <laughs> much love
7: guys keep
11: up appreciate
0: the great work you. peace yes sir yes sir attention all wrestling aficionados wrestling with freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season
10: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: All right. Our thanks to uh, Matt for hopping on, as always. Uh, always love talking to that dude. Um, always love when we get a new Matt Sullivan profile coming out. We can sink our fucking teeth. into. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Delicious.
8: You were fucking salivating. You love the fucking juice, Mike. I love it. Well, he, you
6: know what, um, Matt is one of the, the, there's not a lot of people that I consider to be real writers who still have access to top level dudes mm-hmm. for, you know, he was talking to us about, It's uh, there's so many negotiations that go into any kind of access at this point with people at that level of, uh, of the world. And so when he says he's doing a Steph Curry piece, to be honest with you, if, if I had just heard there's a Steph Curry profile out, I'm not really that interested in that. Right, right I know right. Matt writes that I am interested in it
8: for sure. So, for sure. Yeah.
6: um, you guys want to talk about this chess master who was cheating with with the uh, what? Is, am I reading this correctly? He was cheating with vibrating anal beads.
8: Oh, I, I, I haven't heard about this. What are we talking about?
6: <laughs> that I is, that songs. is,
8: someone added us in
6: it. A beaker yeah. just dropped right the fuck off
8: Smart, <laughs> <laughs> smart, 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 smart. I am a mother. You keep this podcast this is away from my sweet. But baby. I'm, I, I am all ears,
7: Bubba
6: Continue. I have not read the story, but a bunch of people added us under it. Tyler, did you see this headline?
7: Yeah, it's 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 a rumor. It's unfounded speculation. But Fuck. I'm I'm just shocked that that shit is so real in fucking in the chess world that motherfuckers are making up unfounded anal bead cheating rumors. Like goddamn, shit is shit is that real on the chessboard, bro? What do you mean cheating? like how was he doing? they said he he had, he had vibrating anal beads that would vibrate on certain frequencies to kind of tell him the move to make you Someone know what i was mean was like so,
6: running stuff through a computer and was signaling him with, oh so he was
8: somebody else was telling him what move to make he wasn't making his own move
7: right yeah that's what that's uh, what they're saying but that's i don't know
8: that is the, I,
4: how, <laughs> how, who, who, who like
8: how does there how is do a lot run? of cheating
6: and there is a lot of cheating in chess they had like a big adderall scandal like not long ago that it was like people were like passing out because they were so fucked up on like speed and like whatever else it could that's take not to just necessarily focused you
8: know what huh? I mean that's not necessarily what? cheating that's it's not like steroids where it makes you your brain strong it it's exactly like stronger. steroids it's, yeah 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 and then, and, stronger and, 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 on Adderall no, and You're a, just more focused <laughs> like yeah, I mean, yeah pathine, you need to be more
7: focused during chess. It not you
8: know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, it doesn't make nah, me better it, at chess. Like, yeah, it does. No, it bro, if Adderall, you can stay focused for longer while you're playing
7: chess, that I, yeah. I actually think that's more of an advantage. I, right, right, hell yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, because, because because yes, yes, Adderall will give you more focus to where you can, you know, map out some some shit. How shit will play out three, four, or five moves ahead, and you can to play be, like be like more in locked role, in. Bro, yeah. they're in there I, all I, day.
8: No, Adderall, like eight hours or whatever. It's making you more focused, but it's not making you better at chess. You have to be really good at chess you have that's you know the same thing about steroids it keeps, I'm not improving your you,
6: reaction time it's it's not teaching you how to swing a bat you're it, not just, hitting it just the, you're helps not you recover from fucking, playing 160
8: games bro it, it doesn't change it doesn't change you into a arcade level chess player like steroids to does
7: to, to you as a baseball player come on g
8: it's not the same no, it, think, it, think it think
7: for sure can provide an advantage in, in, in a, like I said, in a game where you got to, you know, remember how the all the possibilities of, of you know, how shit can play out and you can can have that shit fresh in your mind with with, the Adderall, with that. Also, I think it's for sure a PD.
8: Also, Adderall, you're easy. You can easily go the other direction. If your brain goes somewhere else, you will get snatched over there and lose focus. Like I just don't I, I, I know somebody that wrote a entire paper about our relationship while on Adderall where they were supposed to be writing a paper about some other shit. You know what I mean? Like, this was in like 2014. But dog... were with Giselle Bunchin? No, no. It was, it, was, it was a sweet letter. It was kind. But uh, oh it wasn't, God. no, I wasn't. It wasn't the whole, I think you need to be, nah, you know what I mean? But it was like, but so like, dog, it's not, Adderall can go the other way. I just don't, I don't believe that's the same.
11: John, I think the part you're, I think the part you're
1: underestimating is the people who played chess taking Adderall, right? Like, if I took steroids, it wouldn't make me a professional baseball player. But if a, so, but a professional baseball player who's already
11: inclined to be good at athletics takes one; it makes them better at that. Where these chess people who are already geniuses t- take Adderall, help them focus.
8: Is it a bad yeah. is it a banned substance?
6: Like, there's Adderall is yes. Is, you're is not allowed available. to take your. No, you cannot buy
8: Adderall over the. Counter. I know. No, I'm saying it's readily available. <laughs> I didn't say you could just buy. It's readily available, my nigga. <laughs>
2: I mean, you no, you no, no. I know. I know that. But I that, couldn't that, but, get yes, cocaine no, but, right. I
8: could get Adderall before I can get cocaine. You feel me, like. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I can get Adderall just because I can get weed probably right now, G.
7: You <laughs> so, like, so, okay. So, so, so if if a chess player without Adderall, if he maxes out at, okay, I I can figure out eight possibilities if I make this move that he'll react to. But Adderall gives him advantage to where he can max it out and realize 10 or 11 possibilities. Him,
8: I, don't, I don't know if it makes you have more possibilities. Maybe it makes you be able to focus long. I can understand that. I don't think it's going to have you figure out more possibilities or make you—, you You're not going to become, like, the fucking math meme. Where you, you know what I'm saying when you take Adderall I don't see it be, I don't see it working in that way but I see it um allows you to be more focused during a long period of longer period of time that makes sense but I' no, just,
6: but it, it it's it, it, the other thing you're, you' you have to factor in is that when they go to a chess tournament they're not playing one guy they're they are playing it's, it's over like it's over days dozens of matches you know over days yeah, yeah. so it's, that's what it is and like I said the dudes were literally like burning their bodies out on you know, and so I, I I read this feature about chess players that it was like the nutrition analytics have come to chess. That it's just like lean white meat only, like only fish in the morning, and then only <laughs> like, you know carbs and mm-hmm. greens in the evening.
8: <laughs> like like That's to for, so sorry, conserve their energy or their their focus and stuff. That's yeah, because like, they have
6: okay. to sit. I mean, if you really think about what's physically happening, if you're sitting from like eight a.m. to eight p.m. in a chair, leaned over intently focused it's gonna fuck your body up if you're older than like
8: 19 right i wonder how much (laughs) how many calories they burn from using their brain in the way that they're using it i wonder if that i'm I'm interested in that you know yeah or maybe it's all the speed they're doing i don't know (laughs) (laughs) all
6: right let's talk about house of dragons tyler has proclaimed this the horniest
7: game of thrones episode ever easily everybody was fucking Goddamn. <laughs> Listen, bro. Renara and Damon almost got they fuck on. Renara went back to the crib, got her fuck on. Goddamn. Viserys was getting his fuck on. They went to the house where everybody was fucking. Motherfuckers were fucking in the alley. It's the horniest episode of Game of Thrones ever. Like I said, they should have named that shit. The title of that episode should have been, I know it smelled crazier then Because motherfuckers was getting it in, dog. They was fucking, bro. I've never seen no shit like that. And Game of Thrones is rapidly horny. But that was the horniest episode so whatever
8: <laughs> i know it smelled crazy in there as wild well, you know what i'm saying and you know it did particularly cuz of the time period god damn i think even now as many bodies that were naked in that the set had to be wild you know what i mean there were a few <laughs> in there that were just they burning any candles yeah you know what i mean come on g you know what i mean Woo.
6: i didn't like renierus putting um my guy uh, Chris Multasanti in the uh, in the in the tough position that she put him in, <laughs> I'm like that dude's gonna for sure get his head chopped off. Oh of yeah, it's all for him. You, know? you already know <laughs> what
8: time it is. He sullied the princess. Y'all nasty too. I saw Tyler saying that he was rooting for the shit to go down. I am like, no, 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 okay. no, no,
7: no. I was, I was, no, I was not rooting for. Oh, my okay, whole okay. shit was, you, I absolutely was rooting for John and Danny to fuck. I ain't gonna lie to you. I, I, I was I I, aunt nephew. I didn't give a fuck. Look, it's a show with dragons and zombies and motherfuckers who could time travel. We can suspend reality here. I would absolutely not root for incest in real I ain't life. I go to you. But, but yeah, I wanted that family to fuck. Bro, on, no incest, on, please, on goddamn, dick, yeah, yeah, I wanted that family to fuck incest. Please, goddamn, run me that. I, they also yeah. didn't know each other. They also didn't I, know each other. That's what's different about. The, this. But the whole thing, oh, it, 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 she was yeah, a no, whole, girl, like, nasty, yeah, yeah, nasty. but the whole. The whole thing with da- Danny wouldn't have given a fuck. Danny would not have given a fuck. John might have, but Danny's a Targaryen. She'd have been like, okay, because Danny was supposed to fucking marry her brother before that motherfucker right, got right, killed. Right, Danny right, wouldn't have right. given a fuck about fucking her nephew. Right, but right. yeah, I, I would. But like I said, I absolutely do not like the fucking romantic tension between Renara and Damon. That shit is uncomfortable shit as is fuck. Gross. That shit was yeah, gross. it's gross. I, I didn't cannot feel get into that
8: prior. I didn't feel that prior to that moment. Like I was. You didn't? I was. No. Oh, bro, you asleep. When he put the necklace bro, on you, in the first episode, yeah. I
7: at was like, this fucking show. No, no <laughs> bro. I didn't, I didn't like the motherfucking had. dragon egg exchange, bro. They they wanted to make out right there, dog. Oh, like God. the tension has been building I, I, for episodes. It
8: was, I don't know. Like to me, it was like her flexing. Like I, I didn't see it like as a, you know, yeah, I want to. I want to depant you in front of everybody right now, in front of these two fucking dragons,
9: in front of the red worm
8: or whatever the fuck that dragon's name is, in front of that long neck bitch. I want to fucking depant you right now. I don't want to fuck
6: you right here in front of Gary and everybody. In front of Gary, in front of Gary on
8: this fucking old ass bridge, Gary. nigga. <laughs> Let Gary the dragon watch. I don't care. Right. <laughs> Let everybody see your love, bro. I did not feel that at all. Gee, that, that this episode, was, I was like late like, damn, it, took a, it, took a, it was a while left for me, but maybe I'm just not as perceptive as you guys when it comes to incestual relationships.
6: Because <laughs> <laughs> you, oh, you were, that you were on that, that damn
8: phone while you were watching the
7: show. Yeah, probably. exactly. I hope you be
8: on that damn phone. Nigga, yeah, come on, man.
7: <laughs> I might have been.
8: <laughs> maybe doing that part, you know what I'm saying? I got the gist of everything, though. Know? But she's.
6: Um, I, the other thing I really liked about this episode, and this is like perfectly what they do on Game of Thrones is everyone who like from the time that Otto like got the report about, uh, Rhaenerys having been in the, in the brothel, everyone's lying about what happened, but the truth is also bad. You know what I mean? Is like everyone's telling the truth, but they're not telling the whole truth. So like when Rhaenyra is telling uh, her homegirl the queen, wh- I, whose name I don't remember, yeah, don't but she no was like, nice, "No, I didn't do anything with him." Allison, and, Allison, she's like, "I didn't do anything
8: with him," and then that's true. But it's also but you did take all lie. of your pants down. <laughs> <laughs> and you try. She was nibbling at him. Ang, 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 trying to get him. He was like, Bro, back up.
7: You know, I, I, the, the moment is past. I cannot do this. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Damon <bro>. Damon, <laughs> a wild boy, though. Like, Bill uh, King was ready to kill that motherfucker. And he was like, I would love to marry your daughter, please. <laughs> Night to his motherfucking neck. He was like, Let me marry your daughter. She's already been sullied by me anyway. I'm like, God damn, this motherfucker's crazy. <laughs> I don't know what, what is his per what
8: I, I don't know what his goal is. I I I thought he was solid, you know what I'm saying? I don't necessarily, I don't feel that now after that little joint and then I I, I w what, what is his goal? I I guess we will know that more, but it just seems like he's just chaos. reckless as fuck. Just chaos period, bro. Like and he's and he he lies in ways that don't benefit him. You know what I'm saying? Like this is the second time he's lied, you know, about something in a way that didn't benefit him, you know, or done something that I, I even think when he, when, he, when he said this shit about the son, I think he said that. It felt like he said that because, you know, he was trying to, you know, help out his niece. You feel me? But, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know what the fuck. I don't know, man. This dude, that dude crazy as hell. <laughs> I'm already selling it her. It's like, bro, he's daring his brother to fucking slit his throat. <laughs> I would have did it. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I would have yeah, had to have him bro I needed that head that one's mine <laughs> 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 fuck you man <laughs> run me oh,
6: alright that's all the time we uh, we got for this week we'll be back on Monday hope uh, everyone has a good rest of your week enjoy your weekend and we'll see y'all in a couple of days bye, bye.